and welcome to the B2B Conversion Podcast, the podcast for B2B marketers who want to learn about conversion rate optimization and drive more revenue from their website. If you're done with accepting that 99% of your highest intent leads, your website visitors, don't convert, then this is the place to come. In each episode, we'll discuss the hottest topics surrounding conversion rate optimization and give tips to transform your website into a revenue-generating machine, all with a unique lens on the B2B customer journey. I'm Kirsty Dorr, CEO at Webio, and your host today. In today's episode, I spoke to CRO expert Phil Cave, and we discussed the importance of A-B testing, data-driven decision-making, optimizing your B2B websites and making your website as good, if not better, than your best salesperson. Hello, Phil. Nice to see you. Hi, how are you? I am very good, thank you. I'm really glad that we've got the opportunity to chat today. Obviously, you and I have had lots of um, chats offline anyway, but I know about you. It would be really good for our listeners to hear a bit more about Phil Cave is our, our resident CRO expert. So tell us a bit more about you, your background, why you got into CRO and why okay. you got it. Well, um, I've been in marketing for 26 years now. Um, and while I've been in proper CRO, as, as it has now been known, since about 2006, um, even before that, even my very first job, pre-internet days, which shows my age, I was basically doing CRO. It was, I, I was in-house at a software company and I was in charge of all the direct mail pieces. And we started A-B testing. Yeah. And it, we were A-B testing the content we'd put in there, we'd A-B test the calls to action, the value propositions, all the stuff that we do now. It's just that back then it was in a mail piece and we'd do it and wait four months to get any results. Now it's digital and we see results in a couple of hours. So it's um, the principles are kind of the same, but uh, the medium has changed somewhat. <laughs> and obviously you still love it then. You're still... Yeah, it's just, I'm a really big believer, having, having been in lots of boardrooms over the years, this has only strengthened really, that there are too many organisations you see where it is decision by the hippo or the highest paid person in the room. And there's not enough data-driven decision-making. Even now in 2022, where we have all of this data on everything, it still comes down to opinion in most cases. And opinion has got a 50-50 chance of being right. So just listen to your data, do an A-B test or whatever your idea, your hypothesis might be, and let your customers, your prospects tell you whether it's right or wrong. And it's been proven time and time again that the organisations that follow that rule grow much quicker than those that don't. Yeah. And I, I suppose now, if I think back to your days of doing the direct mail, I'm assuming, did you ever work with the old competence level tables that were uh, oh, yes. with the ruler yeah. and all that kind of confidence stuff? Confidence level yeah. tables. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, we would test everything from content down to obviously the lists you, you buy, rent, to be able to send your your mail packs to it was yeah everything would get tested but you weren't if you think about today my gosh the amount of data that we now have at our fingertips compared mm. to then like yeah. you must be like oh, yeah, over 
a pig in with all of the data that you've got. Yeah, well, it is. <clears throat> there is so much of it that actually that that sort of brings up one of the pitfalls, really, because yeah. there's so much data that I think there's a lot of marketing people who who want to make data-driven decisions, who want to use all of this data they know they're generating and use it in the right way, but there's so much of it and they don't necessarily have the people in their department, they don't have the time or they don't have the expertise to be able to really decipher it and know what data to use and how to use it. And so data generally becomes a reporting tool, not a source of insight. Yeah. And you obviously think CR, you know how important CRO is within an organisation, conversion rate optimization. In your view, why is it so important? Well, it's, it's important on, uh, for a great many levels. One is data-driven decision-making is, is, is always going to outperform opinion. But more than that, so if you think about it, the average B2B company, they're probably doing PPC. They're probably doing some activity on social, particularly LinkedIn, probably paid and organic. They'll be doing organic SEO. They'll be doing email, have partnerships and so on. And they will spend a lot of time and money optimizing each of those channels. But all of those channels end up at the website. Yeah. And they spend zero money optimizing that website. And so if you reverse think it, Actually, if you spend some money optimizing your website, you would in turn improve all your marketing channels. Now, I'm not saying you should do one or the other. It should be both, yeah. obviously. But ultimately, your, your single point of, of contact from all of your marketing channels is the website. We all know 60, 70% of the B2B buyer journey is done online before people speak to a salesperson. And so again, why wouldn't you optimize your website? You're spending dollars thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to send people there, make sure it's as good as it can be. And I think the example I always like to give to people is, okay, pre-internet days, and I can go back to this because like I said, I was there beforehand. <laughs> it was, but people used to do events for B2B, a lot of loads of events, and, and they still do some, but not as much as they used to. But you'd always have your best salespeople on your show stand. And for obvious reason, you get people coming up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them will be tire kickers. You'll get the odd really good person who's, who's a fairly warm lead, wants to talk to someone. It's exactly the same digitally, but make sure your website is as good as your best salesperson because that is effectively their job. In this day and age, in the 2020s and beyond, it's going to get more and more digital, not less. Yeah. So then why do you think... and? You know, you've mentioned data a lot. Yeah. I'm wondering if this might be the but why do you think we aren't giving it the focus? Um, I, th I think data does play a part. Like I was saying before, I, th I think I think there's a lack of understanding and time to get to learn how to use data properly. But it's not as difficult as it sounds. And, and CRO, when you think about it, the term CRO didn't even exist before 2008. So, I mean, he's talking about something reasonably new here that people still don't really get. And it's like if you said to someone SEO, yes, they know what it is, doesn't mean they can go and do it. And I think it's still this kind of image of it being a, a dark art, some, some mystical thing yeah. that only wizards are able to do. And, and it's not true. It's, it's quite easy to do once you know the process and know the steps to get through. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest blocker. 
So thinking about our listeners and giving them some actionable insight, as I like to call it, that they can take and maybe think about doing some of this, like where would you start? Where would you suggest, particularly in B2B, I'm looking to off a CRO program. I, I know how important my website is. I know I'm not optimizing it. What should I do to at least make some progress? Okay. So there's a couple of steps that you can do. Um, and, and yeah, they're going to take a little bit of time, but it doesn't need to be a huge amount. So first off, I'm presuming that pretty much everyone will be using Google Analytics. Certainly 99% of the people I come across are. Start there, but not in terms of a reporting tool. Everyone sets up their goals very diligently and they look to see whether their goals are going up and down. But start to look beyond that. Where are your goals happening? Where are people converting on the site? What pages are getting the most traffic? And then crucially, what pages are getting the highest exit rates or if they're landing pages, bounce rates? And then just put all of those into a table. Give them a score for each of those criteria. Add them all up. And then the page with the highest score is where you start. That's your top priority. So, for example, a homepage might be up there. It'll, it'll generally be the top level of traffic or, or one of them. You'll probably get a fairly solid exit rate off it too. Reasonably low conversions. And so that might end up with a score of, say, 26 and a 30. And then you rank all your other pages, your product pages, contact pages, everything else. Start there and start to prioritize all your pages. Next, what you want to start doing, get a tool like Hotjar, something like that. And there's a free version of Hotjar, so it's not difficult or expensive. Start to look two things. Where are people clicking? How far down the page are they scrolling? And again, map that against each of those sort of top pages that you previously identified. Now, that's your, your, your quantitative analysis. That's as much as you need to do. There's a lot more you could do, but that's all you need to do at this stage. And all that's really going to tell you, all you can get out of analytics and Hotjar and everything is an idea of where the problems in your customer journey are. And that's all you want at this stage. You just need to know, okay, this is my normal customer journey. People are dropping out at this point. They're dropping out at this point. Oh, they're doing really well here. That's good. I'll leave that. I'm not going to touch that one for now. Just get all the pitfalls, the bottlenecks. And would you, so, so you mentioned in terms of prioritization, it's... Yeah traffic, exit rate, and also number of conversion. Like conversion. Yeah. And then from a scroll perspective, how would you, would you be then looking at that and going, okay, well, if they only scroll this far, there's a problem there, or that's putting people off, or how would you use that part of it? So scrolling in particular is interesting because it's very often, there will be key bits of content on every page. Now, what a lot of people do is they think, okay, I want to shout about my product or service, and I'm going to do that here. And then I'm going to have my customer testimonial from Microsoft down the bottom. Okay. Only 10% of people get to the bottom of the page. Right. What's the point in that? Or yeah. people have a CTA in the top hero section of a page, which you always see, and that's, that's good. But very few people are ready to convert when they get to the top. And they don't have another one until right down the bottom. So unless your person either actively scrolls to the bottom or re-scrolls to the top, they're never going to see a CTA to get in touch with you. Yeah. And there's, there's stuff like this that, that you can start to do. But 
I mean, quant is only one part. You need to get into qualitative. And this is the bit that B2B people generally get nervous about. It's, I don't know why, in B2C, it's commonplace. You get surveys left, right, and center. To send out the survey to your customers. If you really, really, really can't get that past the brand team or the board, at the very least, again, use something like Hotjar will do this. You can get little one question surveys that pop up on your site. Now, if you put one of those in your thanks page, for example, or if you're able to do a survey, there's one question above all others that you have to ask. And that is to people who have just converted, fresh there, and you say, what, if anything, nearly stopped you from converting today? Right. And if you can do that, and that comes from B2C thing, that comes from, you know, what nearly stopped you buying. Obviously in B2C, a lot of people say price, um, but in terms of B2B, that will generally get you an off the cuff answer, or I wasn't quite convinced, didn't know if you were big enough, or I didn't know if you dealt with people like me or my company size or whatever. And that will tell you what content you need to put on your website. Yeah. But you need both parts because Quant tells you where the problems are. Quant will effectively tell you how to fix them. And you need to then marry those up, create hypotheses, but don't, don't just roll it out. Do not roll out your hypotheses onto your site. Do not do it. I, I've been doing CRO for a long, long time. And effectively, your hypothesis is either right or wrong. So there's a 50-50 chance. Even I probably only get about 55, 60% right. So even I still AB test. I will never roll anything out without testing it. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so just going back to the, the qual data, because I think that's a really interesting point. So you mentioned surveys. Are you talking about surveys on the website or is this like a, um, a separate like email survey to your customer base? And if it is, what kind of questions should we be asking? So um, you can do either, really. The, uh, the, the point is to actually get some responses. Yeah. And it's the easiest way is to take your customer database or your prospect database and actually just email them all a survey. You can, you can put them together pretty easily in something like SurveyMonkey or, or you know, there's even Google Forms or whatever you could start to use. But the point is just get them out a survey that looks reasonably professional, doesn't have to be a Picasso or anything just needs to be functional. And you want to do a mixture of both open and closed questions. So first off, you want to spend a couple of questions just wondering who they are. So who's actually responding? And the best place for that is what sort of size business they are, what sort of industry they're in, what sort of job function they have, whether they're, what you're trying to find out really is whether they're a decision maker or not a decision maker. And what role they have in the buying journey. Because that again will start to inform a, a much wider marketing than just CRO, but it'll start to give you a real idea of who's coming to your site. And then you want to start talking about if they're customers, it's what you like about us, what do you dislike about us? And the idea here is that you can, not from a customer service perspective, although it might be useful for that, what you're trying to do is get a picture of how your customers see your value compared to your competition. Yeah. And the reason for that is because you want to create a value proposition, a sales value proposition that you can put on your site, which immediately says, hi, my ideal prospect, this is why you should come and buy from me and not one of my competitors. Yeah. 
Mm. And that's a really important thing. And it's something that a lot of companies in every industry get wrong because the value proposition is either kind of an afterthought and people just put a heading because they don't really know what to say or it's done by brand teams and brand teams have an absolutely important function branding is very important but right now we're talking about selling yeah. and what is the brand proposition is will generally not be the same reason as people buy it'll be a reason as to why people might love the company but not why they buy and so you need to create a sales-led value proposition and once you have that start leading with it and absolutely but it all comes back out of that customer research yeah so the questions like you say it's what do you what do you love about what we do what is it like what made you choose us it's like what made you choose us? Yeah. yeah who else did you look at why what did you like and dislike about them and then you could also ask functional questions you know what do you yeah. like about our website what would you like to see more of where did you start your journey yeah have you heard of us all of this kind of thing and build a really solid picture of the whole customer journey so you know how to evolve your your web content your calls to action and everything else as, as it goes through yeah that makes sense you've mentioned the journey the quantitative the qualitative analysis you start to to pull that together and you've got your first hypotheses that you have mm. to test are there important pitfalls that we need to consider particularly in b2b i think that's important because we have different challenges yeah well there is there's um well in terms of pitfalls the the main one really is making sure you leave your test running long enough so a test will without getting too scientific about it but the a test will run to a point of statistical significance so what that means is that whatever testing platform you're using, and that might be a, a Google Optimize or whatever, it will tell you when the test is run. And it's doing that based on a Bayesian calculation of statistical significance, which is, yes, we are 95% or above sure that this test version is going to be that one. So to do that, though, you need a certain amount of conversions and a certain amount of traffic and a certain amount of time. But most tests, even on big traffic B2C websites, you'll see them running a test for 14 days, just purely because it needs two full weekly cycles to in case there's any yeah. sort of variance. But also because they want to make sure that nothing is just an anomaly, that there aren't outliers that are influencing things. And so what you need to do is make sure you're running your test for at least two weeks, even if you're high traffic, if not three or four weeks. Make sure it's getting a decent weight of traffic and I know your next question is going to be how much is a decent weight? Well, <laughs> it's you're probably looking at around ideally at least 4,000 per version. Um, you can do it on less, but the conversion rates have got to be a lot higher. So, if, yeah. for example, if something is an out and out winner and it's getting 10 times as many conversions, of course, you won't need as much traffic. But it also then comes down to the number of conversions. So if you're only getting a conversion rate of 0.01%, it's going to take you a long time to reach a statistical significance. So you know, ideally, you want to be getting to around about, again, you know, ideally 200 plus conversions through each, each version. You can do it on less. Again, uh, as I say, it, it comes down to really the, the difference, but the difference will need to be a lot bigger for it to be noticed. Yeah. 
Well, but then the important the conversion rate that you're getting, if it's higher, you need less data. And yeah, conversion as well, I guess. Yeah, but then there is stuff you can do, even if you've got a low traffic site, it doesn't mean, okay, this isn't for me. Because you can start to look at what we call micro conversions. So if you're uh -huh. testing something on a homepage, it may not be how many people who have landed on your homepage eventually click the submit form on a different page. It might just be, well, okay, how many people get from here to my product page, how to, to my pricing page. And those numbers are likely to be much higher. So again, even lower traffic sites can hit statistical significance. Yeah, that's an interesting point, those micro conversions. So in B2B, we might call them engagements, like they visit a high intent page or they download a piece of content or they watch a video. Yeah, and that's often how people set them up in, in GA as well. They'll set them up as events or and, and they'll have separate goals for it and stuff like that. So you can, you know, you can base decisions on those. It doesn't have to be a final form submission if you're not if you don't have the traffic to, to get that quick. Well, we are nearly out of time. I've just looked at that. I know, and I have more questions to ask you. I'm gonna have to save them for next time. I specifically want to know some examples of what you've tested in B2B that's particularly worked. And I think that'd be really interesting for our our listeners to hear. But um we'll have to save that to the next one. Thanks for listening. If you feel as passionate about B2B conversion rate optimization as we do, please keep listening. And if you have anything you want to share, feel free to get in touch. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Kirsty Dorr.